This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture... If you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They got everything from comic books to signed sports memorabilia, from baseballs to hockey sticks, gloves, pucks, hockey cards too. Remember back in the days, the OPG and all that shit? They got it all there. The best thing is they update daily. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. And if you're into books and video games, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Red Dead Redemption, Resident Evil, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device you're listening to on. It's embedded right there into that description click on that link takes you right to the merchandise store i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs anything you need or want it is available there but the easiest thing the most free thing the thing everyone should be doing takes you two seconds rate subscribe review on all major platforms most specifically apple podcast stitcher tune in soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. radio so this week's guest is a stand-up comedian who has been featured on the cbc CTV, and Just for Laughs, to name just a few. He is a recipient of Second City's Tim Sims Award for Best New Comic, fellow pork chop and pothead, the hilarious Mike Rita. Hey! Hey, this is what it's all about, brother. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, man. What's going on today, man? And thank you for being here, obviously. Yo, thanks for having me. I'm sorry that I was late, but this is fun, and I'm happy to be and I'm happy that the people will get the episode, and uh, and I'm happy to be supporting another pork shop, bro. Any pork shop in the industry, entertainment, stand-up, music, any of that kind of shit, I love supporting. Because uh, you, you already supported me. You came out to a show one time. That was nice. And uh, I appreciated that. And uh, I, I remember making a mental note that night saying, you got to make sure... Buddy, I am a fucking airhead, and and if you didn't message me again today, I would have forgot all about this. Oh my god! It's, uh, it, so it's good to be here. <laughs> Speaking of pothead, but how about this? Well, we're gonna get into that whole because I'm intrigued with this whole pork chop and Portuguese people and entertainment. Because back in the day, there wasn't that many. But anyways, before that, what do you prefer Portuguese people to be called? Do you like pork chop? Do you like portion? A big one back in the day was fob, but that goes for any sort of immigrant, so that really doesn't count, but what, what do you prefer? <laughs> As he coughs a lung. Well, I'm, I'm ready to fight anybody who calls me a portion or a fob. <laughs> I'm ready to scrap out anybody. Okay, if I'm okay. at a show and i like, this portion, oh my god, portion, get you knocked out, fob, get you knocked out, pork chop, get you a hug, for sure, but... <laughs> A portion is because I use portion okay. to make fun of fucking bananas that I don't like, you know? Oh, like when I, see I see. Like, I'm like, look at that fucking portion. Look at that portion. Like, you know, like that back in the sense. day when you would go to like a festa 
or, or, or something in the community. Right. You you would see these guys. They were like your uncle's buddies. They wore too much cologne. They had like a tight silk shirt. That guy was a fob. That guy was a portion. <laughs> and, uh, and I never want to be a portion. <laughs> okay, I like that because I, I don't like portion either. Like, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just like how you said, I'm the same way. I describe the same type of people as portions, fobs, whatever, because it's true. It's the older generation. It's like the people who used to listen to like Robert Leal and George Ferreira and all those type of guys, right? Oh, yeah. Those guys, bro. Those guys saw those guys live. Those guys were front row singing the songs back to Robert Leal, bro. Fuck. Man, like those guys, I, I just can't deal with those portion fobs. And, and, and that was a generation that, that those guys, you know what those guys were, bro? Yeah. Those guys were the single guys in, in the world of married immigrants. Okay, oh. they were like the only ones that were left single. So they were like out of date. It was like 1999 and they were dressing like it was 1987. And they smelled like 1972. Oh, my God. They were all place, generationally. That's hilarious. Because you know what? Growing up, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, why did I have to be Portuguese? It was like our race was the most uncoolest race out there. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah, like the South Everyone Americans were cool. Race, Everyone else was cool. But the Portians, so to speak. And it's like, you weren't proud of the entertainment. You didn't listen to it. And that's what I mean about now. It's obviously different because there's been two or three generations out in North America. So, you know, you got the cool factors. I put up air quotations, right? But it, it, it's funny how it just turned like that. <laughs> Buddy, I have a memory uh, uh, that that is the per- the perfect encapsulation of, of what we're trying to talk about. And, 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 oh and to, to point out how uncool and behind the times Portuguese people were up until like 2005, <laughs> there's a video of me and my family in Portugal, okay. and it's the 90s, right. but I, in the video it looks like pure 80s. Everybody's wearing neon, yes. everybody's wearing like highlighter, and, and then and then um, like a, a couple from like, I don't know where they're from, they're like from Germany, but they're wearing okay. all black beautiful clothing right? and you're like oh yeah that's right not everybody was dressing the way that these immigrant fucks were dressing <laughs> this is like 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 90s had its own culture that yeah. we took zero effort to take part in we we right? were happy in the late 70s and 80s we didn't need the 90s culture we didn't want grungy plaid you I never saw a portuguese man or woman wear plaid unless they were frying fish in the fucking garage bro oh God. like it was your mother's plaid frying jacket you know what i'm saying like i don't know. that's that's so true do you know what it was though honestly i think it was the internet if it wasn't for that they'd still be stuck in the 90s because every time there was a stretch where i used to go to portugal every summer right and it's true everyone would wear the same type of fuck every time i go to portugal i'll never forget my cousin used to have a different pair of converse all-stars because that's what was in style for like 10 years straight that's the only shoe everyone wear and it's like don't you guys like know any better it's like they didn't i don't know no, no, they're, they're, okay, okay, okay. The internet not only has brought the, everybody together, it, there's like a thing where they didn't want to be left behind again, where it, I think a lot of our parents felt like they had gotten left behind in the computer age. They didn't want to get left behind again when computers finally came full circle and they became available for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't understand how to use a desktop, sure, but our parents could learn how to use a fucking you know, like uh, like a tablet or something, something that's so simple. It's just touch and go. There's no setup required. There's no plugs. And that kind of shit awoke a whole culture of people. Bro, my parents were living in the 90s and early 2000s until like five, six years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got my mom like a tablet. We got my mom a tablet it's and true. it changed everything. It was like, oh, holy fuck. I, 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 I'm, me, Maria, is using the internet. Look at me. Look at me now, you know, it was crazy. It's so true, like, and I, I still can't wrap my mind around how my dad knows how to use a smartphone, because I don't know about you, same thing, my parents weren't technologically inclined, they didn't know nothing about electronics, they couldn't even know how to press play on a VCR, and then here I have my wife, she's telling me that her mom used to know how to program it, record shows for her, I'm like, your mom is a genius compared to my mom then, like, no Portuguese parent would know how to use any electronic back in the day. <laughs> No, bro. And the fear. Okay, I'm gonna tell you another thing. They had a fear of breaking their technology. Yes. Once upon a time, they didn't want to break it. No, no spot to TV, bro. No spot to VCR, <laughs> because they they thought like you could just touch something and just program the whole fucking thing. 
And it's, it's probably because one person in 1977 who oh, came God. here touched a reset button when they weren't supposed to touch a reset button, and that fucking story blew up in the community. And ever since then, they're all scared. My dad, one time, it's a true story. The VCR in the house, once okay. everybody moved out of the house, yeah. the VCR, I guess the power went out, and it didn't have the time anymore. Oh, no. And he never put the time back. It flashed for, like, two, three years. Oh, and I would God. always say, like, you're not going to put the time, and he'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. And then one day, I'm like, why haven't you done it? He's like, ah, oh, man, I don't know how. And I'm like, fuck. It's been like three years. Why haven't you told me to fix this thing? And that's the thing, bro. Pure stubborn yeah. fear. So much buzzing immigrant shit. Can't blame them, but it's 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 okay to point out. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Well, well, since we're speaking about Portuguese and Portugal and all that, how important is it to you to represent Portugal or being of Portuguese descent, obviously, and being out there, like you said, in the entertainment world and everything? Because you wear that on your sleeve, like like no tomorrow, right? Bro, if I could wear it more, I would. Only because representation creates the ability to dream. Mm. Okay? When I was a kid, I would watch Just for Laughs, and I would see Italian comedians. I would see Greek comedians. And I would reach to want to connect with them because I wanted to connect with stand-up. And I never, I would always wait, but I'd be like, man, maybe there's going to be a Portuguese guy, even a Portuguese lady. I don't know what. Bro, just somebody come up and be like, my Portuguese parents, blah, 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 blah. And it would have blown my mind. I would have been like, holy shit, look at this lady. Look at this guy. They're doing stories about my people on Just for Lives, bro. And I never saw that. And I, and I, and bro, I like, I can't, how the fuck? In the year 2000, whatever the hell I started in, like, seven or eight, sure. 2008, when I started, how I became the first Portuguese comedian in this country That's to, crazy. like, actually reach any kind of level is bananas to me, bro. Bananas. Right. Uh, there should have already been one, Carlos Figueroa, <laughs> or John De Silva, who, you know, who you can watch at Yuck Yucks. Well, sure. nobody, bro. Fucking nobody. It's so true. It's so true. But is there any now... Since you've been out there, because obviously now with the internet and everything, there's more people, but is there, or? Like, like there's Portuguese stand-ups, but they, they, they're, they're, man, they're all, they're all much newer. Like, like I, I, for some, somehow I got lucky and I started in 2008 and I, and I got going right out of the gate. Right. Whereas some of these guys are only getting started now. Man, I've been doing stand-up so long that there's a comic that, was inspired to do stand-up because he saw me and because he heard of me and because I was Portuguese. I've met him and I've worked with him. His name's Nathan. I I actually take him on tour with me nowadays. Nice. And, um, like, that kind of shit blows my mind that I did stand-up for so... I've been doing... I'm only 31, (laughs) but I've been doing stand-up for so long and I've become so established in the the, the Canadian market that other people who are Portuguese have seen me and it's inspired them. That's fucking crazy. I hope one day when I'm, like, 80... And there's like a whole generation of comics that are Portuguese, and they're all like, "Yeah, man, Mike Rito opened the door, bro." If somebody ever mentions me and the words "opening the door," whew, it's over, bro. It's over. I could die tomorrow. I'll be so fucking happy. <laughs> now, how about your following in actual Portugal? Do you know if you have a huge following out there too, or is it just more Canadian based? It's like only in like the low thousands, like maybe two thousand okay, okay. people, three thousand people. Sure. It's it's enough to like put on a couple of shows out there. Sure, sure. But it's like not enough that I wish. Like I like Portugal's got millions of people. You know, like if I could, right? If I could tap into that market, but the thing is, a lot of them only like certain jokes. They don't like the jokes. Mm about me talking about like me and my mom and weed because they don't relate there's there there isn't that thing there yet to them nope. it's like oh no that's stiff as that drove you shouldn't be doing drugs <laughs> your mother and father don't like that they're very still very like yep. respect your mother and father to the fullest right. how could you disrespect them whereas like here in canada it's like <laughs> this isn't disrespect if i have a fucking beer if i have a fucking cigarette i'm not disrespecting my parents I know, but right? to them weed is this drug like you're talking about doing drugs and making fun of your parents for not liking it whereas like we're here in canada we're like nah, 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 it's, not good. it's different <laughs> now would you ever perform in portuguese or do you want to no i want to nope? do what okay. i do which is the like 75 25 
where it's mostly all English. Sure. But you, when you're doing the character work, if it's a full Portuguese audience, right, right. you can do the full character in Portuguese. Like of when course. I'm my mother in front of those audiences, like when I do like Mike Rita for the Portuguese people instead of the normal audiences, yeah, yeah. I do full punchlines and setups in Portuguese because I'm doing them in character. I'm either like the shitty neighbor or, you know, you're drunk, whatever the fuck I'm doing, whatever character I'm in at the moment. But yeah, uh, no, I, I wouldn't want to perform in Portuguese because I've seen comedians perform in their second language and the nuance that makes stand-up comedy what it is is lost literally in translation. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, but thank you again for being Portuguese and putting yourself out there because it, it is hard to relate. Like you said, you, you pull and you're like, oh, I want to feel like the Italians do, like the Greeks do, how other races do because you never had anyone out there. Like, And other accounts, even on Instagram, like the Portuguese kids, the comedy Portuguese, even uh, how to cook stuff. That guy's freaking hilarious too when he brings on his bro, mom. I love how to cook stuff. Right? Shout out to how to cook stuff, bro. <laughs> Because that guy, that guy, man, that guy's a book too. It's a pretty good book too, but. Yes, shout out to him. Because, like, with us growing up, like, who, who was there? Oh, like, I'm trying to think back of, like, even going, like, <clears throat> comedy acts. The only one I could really think of is someone in the terms of Kim Barej. Do you know who that is? That's it. That's it, right? Kim Barej. Yeah. And, uh, Nintonekish, bro. There was who a guy the named Nintonekish. What the fuck is that? Bro, it was like a guy who would play like a little stupid kid, but he was huge. <laughs> it was like a grown man who would pretend to be a kid. Oh my god! And it was the biggest thing in Portugal. <laughs> I don't fucking know. There was nobody, bro. Kim Bahej is a hundred percent, bro. People used to refer to me as a pedas yeah. because there was no word for a stand-up comedian. They ah. call me a clown, and I'm like, I'm not a clown. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And you'd be like, clown, clown. Bro, I'm making specific observations in a humorous tone, mother. No, it's like, but, uh, you know who, who was my number one motherfucking person that I knew was Portuguese on TV and I loved him? And you'll know him because you like wrestling. Okay. PJ Polanco, bro. Yes. Fucking just incredible. Yes. When I was a kid, I loved wrestling, okay? I yeah, loved yeah. the Raw era. I loved the ECW era. Right, right. So when I found out that Just Incredible was Portuguese, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that a pork chop was not only in wrestling, but there was like a year where, where he was like a star in wrestling, where Just Incredible he was, was a star, yeah. bro. WWE had uh, Portuguese Man Award too, but that was like... Here, Whatever. I'm going to blow your mind because obviously I have wrestlers on and I sort of know what goes on. You have no idea. PJ Polanco was the Portuguese man of war. <laughs> I, I, you know, okay. Listen, bro. <laughs> I assumed that only because I follow him on Instagram right, right. and he posted something about the Portuguese man of war. I was like, nah, it's not a, this isn't a shout out. This is him for sure. And I only, I only found that out like... I just gonna be embarrassing to like say, but like I probably found yeah. that out like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> like it makes sense now. Like sure. obviously, when you put it all together, you're like yeah, obviously, just incredible Portuguese dude, Portuguese man of war. That's a great '90s sounding wrestler. The Portuguese man of war. His outfit was is what was bad, bro. His outfit was bad. Well, I don't know Good. why they put him. Uh, are Portuguese men that ugly that they put him behind masks? Like the only Portuguese bro, he wasn't wrestler. Even an ugly man. PJ Polanco in his height looked like every pork chop I ever seen in my fucking life. Jesus, <laughs> he was a good representative of the community. Like, sure, he never waved the Portuguese flag, but sure. the fact that he made a character called the Portuguese Man of War, it was sick. It's fucking sick, bro. Woo! I was, I used to love that shit. Well, you said it in your act. You do observations. You tell stories. You do stuff like that. Okay, how about this? For someone who's not Portuguese, what's one thing that people don't really know about our culture? Yo, honestly, man, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know that we were like slave owners and traders. That's the noise. Okay, come on, man. I mean, like, good stuff. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that one's always fucked. I'm always like, oh, okay, something about Portuguese people that a lot of people don't know. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, man. Something that, oh, man. I would say Portuguese people are not renowned for this, but they are oh. extremely, a lot of this is cheap. Like Jewish oh, yes. people, Indian people get a lot of like the cheap rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are very few people that 
people as cheap as Portuguese people. Portuguese That's people true. are up there like with the European cheaps, like the Russian, the Polacks, those kind of cheaps. Sure. Portuguese people like they don't want to spend a fucking dollar on nothing, bro. This I can get true. it for I, man. Sebastian Maniscalco has this joke okay. about never telling your parents the true price of something. You always right. make up like their own price yeah. and i do that with my own dad I, I bought a tv last year that was like two grand and i, sure. I told him it was 800 bucks <laughs> he lost it yes. and he fucking lost it he was like oh my god 42 what are you and i was like no 55 oh like, it's a big tv it's a good tv he's like too much he couldn't believe it he was pissed it's so true. People, uh, that is one thing that people do not realize about the Portuguese. Like one thing I always tell my dad is he's so cheap that we're gonna bury him with his money because he doesn't want to spend a dime. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, he's gonna go. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know, and my parents are gonna sell like one of like they have a cottage. They're sure. gonna sell that cottage, and when they sell it, they're like, "Oh, what do you think we're gonna do with the money? Nothing." <laughs> and it's just, what do you, what do you want us to? Do? I'm like, buy a nice car. This is your last car. He's like, I told my dad, why don't you buy a nice winter jacket? My dad's winter jacket right. is a hand down from my own brother because my brother was like, "Bro, your your jacket sucks. Here, have yep. my jacket." And now he's kept that jacket. It's crazy the level of cheap. That Portuguese people will hold on to. Well, I'm sure you can relate to this. I, I, I don't know what your dad did as a professional, but my dad was in construction, typical Portuguese. So instead of buying, instead of going to, say, uh, what's that place, Mark's, to buy clothes, because th- that doesn't count, he uses hand-me-downs from me and my brother. So he would be wearing old Jordans, fucking Levi jeans, because obviously back in the 80s and 90s, like pure high-class stuff to work just because we didn't want to wear it anymore. And in his head, he thinks it's garbage because it's right? his kids' clothes. Right? His clothes. And you're like, buddy, that's that's good jeans. He's like, yeah, but these aren't my jeans. You're like, those are Walmart jeans, you fucking... Dude, dude, my dad has a whole place oh, in the closet for short sleeve button-ups. Okay. And, it, and they're like, he's got like 30 of them because what he does is he buys like a couple each year when they're on sure. sale. He'll never buy them. Uh, original price like even if it's only 20 bucks he's like nah nah <laughs> you wait just wait yes. it's gonna come on sale and you're like what and then he buys man it's I know it's frustrating isn't it <laughs> yeah I'm thinking about it right now I'm like Jesus Christ you know honestly they held it down when we were growing up because it, it, it was tough they didn't have anybody to help them so money that's true money had to stay in the bank but bro like nowadays it's not tough anymore and they can't let go of those habits and uh, it's funny. You know when they let go of the habits for you? You know, like, for mm. my own daughter, for their granddaughter, sure. they're, like, way better people than they were to me. Ah, uh, okay. You know? Sure. Like, for Makes me, it, it was very tight in the pocket. But for my daughter, it's like, they, they'll even look at me and be like, nah, you got to spend the money. And I'm like, what? Why? I want to, no. Nah. She doesn't need it. Like, nah, 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 nah. It, it, my dad one time kind of explained, like, it'll fuck them up. And I was like, why? Did you learn that from us? <laughs> Did you learn that being cheap fucks up the kids? And he kind of gave me a look like, yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah, your sister's cheap. Your brother's cheap. You're kind of cheap. I fucked you guys up. <laughs> like, like you know, and it's true. That's they were funny. cheap for a reason. I'm only cheap nowadays because I, I feel like I have to be. Because my dad's voice is in my head like, $25 too much. See if the guy do 20. Like, it's right. Exactly. And it's all about working for it. It's like, do you know how much hours you got to work for that? You do the calculation, is it worth it? And I have that too in the back of my head. Trust me. Hey, you do that? You do that too? Yeah, man. The actual calculation per hour of the Whoa. thing you're buying isn't worth the work that you got to put in. Well, not to the penny, but yeah, I ballpark and I'm like, I got to do a couple of hours for this. Is it really worth it? I know. Right? I ballpark everything. Okay, I okay. <laughs> I, I, I went out of my way to stop that, but that's something that I, I used to do too much. Right. Like, I, 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 I would buy weed and I'd be like, fuck, man, I have to work half a day for this weed. <laughs> and it was a tough day yesterday. And I was like, nah, yeah. you know, I'll buy a little bit. But I don't do that no more. Obviously, I'm a little bit more comfortable as an adult, blah, blah, blah. But like, man, wow. That, oh, my God. I, I used yeah. to do it with clothing. Okay. If a shirt was more than a couple hours of work, yes. no fucking way. Oh, man, even till this day, I only, look, look, I swear to God, I only wear Hanes V-necks that I buy at Walmart because they're comfortable, they look good, and I swear to God, there's just something I'm like, four t-shirts, 20 bucks, perfect. Get me the, like, it's fucking bananas. I was just going to say, I, I got the, what is it, the four or five for 30 from Foot Locker, so I totally get it, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> 
I still totally almost get, get that from Full Locker. The Full Locker <laughs> brand t-shirts, bro. Good t-shirts. It's true. It's true. Okay, well, one thing that Portuguese are known for is their cuisine. Everyone knows you can't fuck or mess with Portuguese cuisine. I think it's not only because I'm Portuguese, but everyone outside and who's come in, who's never eaten it, says it's it's up there with any other pretty much culture out there. What are some of your favorite Portuguese dishes, may I ask? Okay, bro, off the top, obviously, we're going to go chicken. Okay, okay, that's... Okay, yeah, of course. Okay, obviously. Let me tell you some other ones that I like, though. Okay, go for it. I like chorizo frit. Okay. With limon, so fried chorizo with lemon. Lemon? And... You, you put it on whatever you want. You can fry eggs with it. You okay. can put it just in like some bread with some cheese. It's sure. nice. Yeah, yeah. So you fry chorizo till it's crispy. Crispy. Crispier than you would even think is good. Like you want it to be like so crispy on the outside. But you know how chorizo says It always stays kind of like whatever. like Rubbery almost. It stays a little chewy on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That kind of stuff. Another thing that I really like that's a Portuguese dish, bro. Is uh, it's like a it's tostemista. Am I saying that right? Yeah, tostemista, where it's just ham, cheese on a popsicle, kind of pressed down a little bit, warmed up, bro. That shit, or, or even on toast, cut bomb. I, but I don't even like, bro. I like weird shit. Like I like kimchi frit. Like uh, okay. uh, what, what's that stuff called? Shrimp fried uh, shrimp. Fried shrimp from the. the oh. Oh, it's like the fucking African country. I don't know. It starts with an F. Fuck. Angola, Mozambique. Right oh, Cameroon, Mozambique. That's there right. Cameroon, Mozambique, bro. That's right, bro. <clears throat> so that one, bro. That one's bumped. That like uh, fried shrimp made in that manner is good. Oh man. You know I don't like fish. Too much. Oh, I, I was like, gonna like say sardines. I was waiting for you to bring up the fish because I love fish, man. No, you know what fish I like? I don't like fried fish. <laughs> oh, that's the best type. What's wrong with you? Uh, with batter, I'll, I'll deep fried? sardines on the barbecue if I'm high enough. <laughs> like, say, like, we're at a party. Sure. And someone hands me, like, a little piece of bread with a fried sardine. And okay. I just got to take out the, like, spines. I'll fucking smash that if I'm high. Okay. I can't eat it sober or if I'm just chilling. I think it's fucking nasty. But if I'm high, I'm like, give me this little salty-ass fish. Fuck. But, uh... Yeah, like, there's only, man. Well, mind you, there is a lot of, like, crazy out there shit that we do eat. Like, my dad loves, like, uh, boiled pig's feet. Like, we have the blood sausage, the mursella, which I can't stand. That's one thing. I don't fuck with mursella, bro. I watched how they make mursella. I watched all the blood be mixed in with the, like, liver pig or whatever the fuck it is. It's nasty. Bro, it's that nasty and the smell. The fucking bro, I can still look. Look, man, here's a crazy little memory for everybody. Okay. My, my, my aunt used to have a garage okay, that the okay. entrance was only four feet high, so you, everybody had to duck down. Sure. And then you would sit in this really low garage, it, 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 and you couldn't. I don't even know how to explain it, bro. You couldn't actually put a car in it. You could just like stand in it with your head down a little bit. Such an old, old little garage. Right. So everybody would sit there though, and they would cook in it. Um, because there was nothing in it. It was just a big open space. So, so like October would come and it was time to make Sella. All my aunts would sit there and one of them would boil a fucking cauldron of, I think it's like liver or whatever the fuck it is. Oh. That nasty dark meat, whatever the fuck Marcella's filled with. It's like a nasty dark meat. Bro. Right, right. And then it would be a cauldron of that with blood. <laughs> and it would stink, bro. Stink. And there'd be one lady one of my aunts, okay, it would mm-hmm. probably be my tall aunt. I can see her in my head right now. My aunt Connie, and she would be cutting green onion and um, green onion. And what's the other one, bro? Parsley all day, yeah. holding a chunk like this, just slicing. Man, and that's the nastiest shit. But it would it would stink your clothes for days. You would go to school with your jacket, <laughs> and the kids would be like, "Eh," and you'd be like, "Stop, you fools, Michelle!" Oh my god. Nasty, bro. See, and that's the other thing people don't understand. Like, now as adults, we appreciate Portuguese cuisine, but I'm sure you as a kid used to fucking hate it, and you'd probably want to eat what the other kids were eating, their fucking sandwiches. Here you are bringing fucking cuisine and fucking other shit to, to lunch for school, and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> bro, you just take seed, bro? Like, batata and, like, beef and shit? Yes! <laughs> right? Holy shit, bro, that's good. That's good, man. Oh, my God. So you mentioned it, too. You've been doing comedy for over 10 years. You're pretty much a nice seasoned vet now, as they say. Now I want to know, 
What did your parents think of all this? Because like you said, clown was pretty much the word for stand-up comedian. Did your mom just like, get the fuck out of here or try and kick you out or be like, you got to be serious. Like, what was going through your parents' mind when you told them, I'm going to do this for a living? Hey, the same day that I told them that I was going to be a stand-up comedian, I also told them that one day I wasn't going to have a real job and that this would also be my job. Right. And I, that, that's, my, that, 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 that's what I was going to shoot for, that I wasn't just going to shoot to do it, I was going to shoot to do it for a job that I knew that you could do it for a living. Right. And they were like, how, who, who does this? Where do you do it? And, and right. they had no idea. They didn't understand that there was infrastructure built. I had to explain to them like comedy clubs. I had to explain to them, um, the idea of festivals, that there were humongous festivals that were dedicated. I swear to God, I would put like just for laughs on TV for my parents and right. be like, this is just for laughs. This is the, like a biggest festival. When you do this, you become famous. When you do this, like people will recognize you're on TV and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah. They would ask, like, are these people doing it for a job? And I'd be like, yeah, all these people that you see on Just for Laughs do it for a career. This is like their job. And then they would be like, holy shit, are you sure you can do this? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, but I'm pretty good. Like, And they were like, what do you mean you're pretty good? And then I told them, like, I've already been doing it for like two years. Right. And I'm gonna quit my job soon because I think I'm gonna win. And I think I'm gonna win this thing. And my dad, man, his face is like ingrained in my head. I oh my, re- my dad does this thing where he like clenches his teeth. Okay. And he started doing this, right. like not because he was getting angry, just because he was like, I think he was imagining all the hardships he went in his life. And he's like, man, my son sure. is gonna fucking try to be a comedian, <laughs> a fucking comedian. This guy. Yeah, you're already funny. The, the idea of you, like, you know, like, this is already hilarious. Like, you know, like, uh, he was angry. I remember him being disappointed. I remember him, he never put me down. Okay. That's he just good. never acknowledged it. Ah. Uh, just never acknowledged it. Do you get what I'm saying? No, of course. Like, he was never like, this is stupid. He was just like, he never asked how I was doing. He would see every night I would go out. I wouldn't come home till late. Sure. I would show them at the time like two megapixel video of me doing it (laughs) because for some reason in 2008 like the best phone was still just garbage like a smartphone doesn't even hit the market so i don't even know where but like i think iphone one is around that time like i remember we went from like yeah garbage cell phone video like uh to like apple one and then it was over that was the level now that everybody needed to achieve there was no four megapixel five megapixel you were either entering with 10 or you had nothing like it was bananas yeah and uh and and that was the life at the time bro when when i told them they were disappointed they didn't they 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 didn't (laughs) understand that infrastructure existed bro they just didn't get it and then and then there was a thing that happened bro rtp calls me up one day shut up you know rtp RTP. rtp is the portuguese nbc the portuguese cbc CBC, like any big station rtp is the biggest in portugal they call me up one day they're like hey buddy we know that you're killing it we want to do a little segment on you a little half hour special um on our new tv show that showcases immigrants children the first generation of kids in north america right. and certain ones that have succeeded in weird worlds bro uh-huh. it was like me the ceo of like a huge company <laughs> like a like a forbes 30 under sure. 30 i was way out of my league oh, bro. i was shit. like guys guys i've won a few awards like uh, you know sure like you know whatever but right, right. but it, it ended up being great i think i was like 23 at the time or 22 and um <laughs> the forbes 30 under 30 guy i remember being like uh, uh, we're not the same like he's a millionaire <laughs> i barely afford rent but uh, <laughs> uh yeah that that day that day changed my life forever bro rtp shows up my parents changed their tone <laughs> they, they, they were of course. you know they're interviewed in, in our house our childhood home wow about what it was like to raise a comedian and they're talking about how i was always a really like bad kid because i was always talkative as a kid and blah 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 but look what it led to now and that and that kind of shit and uh it just tripped me out like it was like such a change from what i had known so was that your first ever like tv appearance anywhere or just internationally no i had other tv appearances and they didn't give a fuck (laughs) i used to be a writer 
on video on trial. You remember video on trial of on Much Music? Yeah, man. I worked the last season of that show. Oh, and shit. And I used to be like, Dad, I'm on Much Music. And yeah. I'd show them my name in the credits. Yeah. And they'd be like, Dad, what, what, what are you doing? And they'd go right in like, ah. <laughs> They should have got my dad when I was like, ah, 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 ah,
man, because I started so young and I did so many weird shows, yeah. by, at this point, I'm not really trying to, I never bomb, like, if the show, even if everyone else has been bombing on the show, mm. if I go up as a headliner and I acknowledge that I just watched everybody bomb and the audience sucks, it makes them actually inclined to laugh more, because yeah. now... I've humanized myself by acknowledging that I also feel what they feel and, right. and, and it's like an instant connection. Weird shit like that, man. It works. No, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, you've worked with a who's who pretty much in the comedy industry. I'm not going to run down all these names because it's not about them. This show's about you. But, you know what I mean? Like, what have you learned or what have you taken away from working with some of, like like I said, the who's who from the comedy world? The best comedian I've worked with isn't that much better than me. They're okay. just that much more famous than I am. Ah, I like have that. seen their work yes. than have seen mine. Okay. Okay. Whether it's through viral, whether it's through movies. Right. Like, just more people have gone on to discover their work than they have mine. And that is the all. Bro, I've worked with, like, I don't know, man, like, you know, Tom Segura, who's huge right now. Right. Bro, I'll bury Tom Segura one-on-one right now. <laughs> like, he, you know, and I can confidently say that. Not because he's not a good comic, but right. because I am a very good comic. There you go. I just haven't got there yet. I haven't, ne- like, if, if, I, if I took all my best bits and, I, and Netflix gave me a special in a nice big theater and I got to do Mike Reed's best 40 minutes, well, I'd be a fucking household name in the next week <laughs> because the amount of eyes that Netflix has watching them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I nobody it. knew about a lot of these guys before Netflix or before a YouTube clip made them viral, bro. Sure. It's that, um, like, you know, at, at this point in my career, at this point of my ability, I'm that close. Like, when I go to Just for Laughs, I get to do shows with anybody, bro. Who, name a big comic who isn't, like, Jerry Seinfeld or something sure. like that. Like, name any big comic that's in a Netflix special. Eliza Sheslinger, like, uh, what's the guy's name who does the Russian joke where he takes off her shirt all the time? Cameron's name right now. Oh, I don't remember that. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's how good he is. Oh, Bert Kreisner. Bert Kreisner. Oh, yes. Like, sure. Like him. Like, like, I'm trying to think of, like, comics right now that everybody loves. Like, Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn's another like, big one. Like, Andrew yeah. Schultz. Like, like, I've worked with all these guys. These guys are just more famous than me. They're not, like, that much more funnier than me because when we do shows at Just for Laughs, where it's like, you know, all these comics, we're all on the same shows. Like, and we all get to kill at the same level. And it's fucking bananas, bro. You know, you, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, that's what you learn from working with these guys, mm. is that they're not that much funnier than you. They're just more famous than you. And, 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 and that's the only thing, man. That's the difference between making 60K a year and 600K a year. It's true, it's true, and especially nowadays, like, I I say this all the time, like, people in in the entertainment world, it's obviously preparation, which meets luck, is what equals success, right? Because everyone has a platform now, there's so many people out there that are good at what what they do, no one's stifled back, there's no more gatekeepers, well, I shouldn't say no more, but there's not as many gatekeepers as there was in the past, so anyone could be good, it's just... Are you lucky enough to get the eyes or that so-called celebrity to give the endorsement on you, right? Man, amazing. That kind of stuff can change your career forever. Well, of course. Of course, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, one person you did have the chance to work with, and I have to name drop this one because it's going to lead into our nice little weed discussion we're going to have, is Tommy Chung. How was it working with Mr. Tommy Chung? Man, okay, honestly... I just want to point out that it looks like you're drinking coffee, and I'm jealous of that. It is. <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> Tommy Chong is the coolest dude you would ever hope to meet. Like, uh, when you meet Tommy Chong, I'm going to give you something. The first okay. thing you realize when you meet Tommy Chong right. is that anybody who's ever talked like a stoner Right. is doing Tommy Chong. <laughs> like, you don't even know that you're doing it. I didn't even, I thought it was a character too. Like I thought right. I was going to meet him and he was going to be like, Hey, what's up, man? But it's not. You, you meet Tommy Chong. Like he wasn't a character. He was backstage. We were talking, we were fucking, fucking around. Right. And I was like, yo, Tommy, he's like, Hey man. And you're like, Holy shit. <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. it, like, and each time he would say it, like, you'd be like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's actually Tommy Chong. Like, and I, you know, you'd be like, so what'd you guys do today? And he'd be like, 
yeah, man, you're down to the store, you know, buy ourselves a little sandwich, man. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, he's not even trying to be high. He's not doing anything. It's just, it's just the way that he talks. And you realize that every stoner impression ever, 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 it's, it's so the craziest true. thing. The craziest thing. Because the level of cultural impact that that is can never be, like, actually, like, uh, measured. Because it's so vast. Anybody who's ever gone, hey, man, pass the dude, bro. Like, and everyone's done it. Everyone at some point is talking like that. It should be, bro. It should be because you hear it with your own ears. You hear his voice. <laughs> and um, he was so nice, man. He flirted with my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's hilarious. It was so cool because he, he didn't do it in like a weird way. It sure. was very like nice and like okay, uh, everyone's okay. in on the joke like right. you know like whoa dude i'm an ugly comic not really but you know what i mean like and your wife's <laughs> super pretty i don't know how you got her man and uh, he's one of those dudes he has a really pretty wife so he's all about the pretty wife ugly husband jokes uh, so it's not okay. like you know he wasn't shooting out of his lane or something like that it, it was really really nice oh no i lost my camera come back all right but yeah Oh, that and, uh, is pretty cool to hear. Oh, my God. So he's super excited. Like, you know how they always say when you meet your heroes, you're always disappointed. I guess you weren't in this case. No. What? <laughs> what? No, nah, man. People who are disappointed to meet their heroes is because they didn't actually meet the real person. Like, man, when you get a chance, it's different when a fan meets somebody versus okay. when you're in entertainment and you get to work with the person. Like, that makes sense. him and I... Hadn't met before that night. And then just prior to the show, I got to say hello, shake his hand, you know, yeah. just a quick meet and greet, be like, hey, I'm hosting tonight. But the real magic was when I was on stage, I went up, I did about a 20 minute set to open up for him. Okay. And then I, I did like a little introduction, like, yo, you guys already know who we're going to watch tonight. And then I took a second before bringing him up and I looked at the audience and I was like, look, most of the times you guys are going to see an entertainer do this, but I'm just as excited to be here as you guys. I only found out about this about two, three days ago. I got to town quick, and I'm a big pothead, and I love to smoke weed, and I'm just as excited. So if you guys see me up here getting giddy, you guys don't know why. And they and they gave me like a little round of applause, like, yeah, bro, let's go get it. Like, go do this interview. Let's have fun. Buddy, it was crazy shit. We sat, I sat in front of a live theater talking to Tommy Chong laughing, bro. Wow. I have a great picture of him and I laughing on stage and we were fucking dying. I don't even remember what the fuck we were laughing at. <laughs> it was so magical. And like, That's awesome. And he told stories of Jimi Hendrix oh, and hanging out with Jimi Hendrix. Wow. And you're like, man, I'm sitting with someone who got to really, like, he, he didn't get to hang with Jimi Hendrix, but I got to smoke and do acid. Right. And like, Hang with Jimi Hendrix, you know? Wow. Like, it's like, it's trippy. It's one thing if you meet someone who's like, yeah, dude, was at a concert. It's another thing where you're like, man, me and Jimmy were smoking weed in a hotel and he was getting his dick sucked. And you're like, woo! You're like, you know? <laughs> and and, and, and it's shit like that, you know, where you're like, wow, what a trippy fucking life, man. This guy must have lived. Right? Um, oh my God. So yeah, meet, meeting, working with Tommy Chong, like, it's not. It's it's one thing to meet a celebrity and work with them like on a normal level. It, this guy isn't a celebrity. This guy's a legend. This guy's a celebrity in a room of celebrities. Right. Like you know what I'm saying. Tommy yep. Chong walks in. Everyone's like, dude, you got to grab a picture with Tommy. Chong. Exactly. Exactly. It's Tommy Chong, bro. It's like everybody's watched Cheech and Chong. Anyone who's ever smoked a joint in the history of joints has watched fucking Cheech and Chong. Oh my god. Well, speaking of potheads. Did you ever think we'd get to the state where weed would be legal? You'd be able to review it on Instagram. You'd be able to smoke it on stage during shows. I'm sure your parents aren't too glad about it. Because like we discussed earlier, smoking weed is like doing crack to Portuguese parents. But every, like everything else, did you think we were honestly going to get to this point? It's a great question, bro. And it's a multifaceted answer for me. Because in okay. the, from... 14 to 19, never. And then at 19, I get involved with this group of people called the Hash Mob. And what, what did the, the Hash Mob do? Okay. They used to put on those big events downtown, the ah, big weed event. Sure. Okay. The big rally. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And how did I... So they ended up seeing my comedy one day and I ended up doing a show at a weed lounge. And they saw me there and they asked me to host some of their weed rallies. Yeah. And it was only then, when I was on... 
quote unquote the front lines, seeing people who were actual medical patients, seeing people who were doing things way before it became medical. I, mm. I tried weed creams, weed candies, oh, weed shit. everything, like fucking in 2008, 2009, man. Wow. And then um, when I got to meet those people, I, I knew that there was people working on the front lines to change the idea. And, and, and I knew it was going to change when I met a couple of dudes who were lawyers mm -hmm. who had put together a financial, like, uh, what do you call those, man? Like, uh, uh, like a finance manifesto or some shit, bro. Like, it was okay. huge. It was like, it's like an inch thick outlining how much money had been lost to the Canadian government oh, and brought it to the black market. And I think some of these original papers were even used later on mm. when legislation was being built so that we could avoid certain loopholes where it was like licensed producers had to create the marijuana that it couldn't be oh, yeah. outside producers because that would create like black and gray market producers, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And all that kind of shit. Sure. And um, man, I, I was meeting these people. So if weed is legalized, I don't know when the fuck it was, man. Was it two thousand and two, three years? Seventeen, eighteen? No. What are you talking about? Not that long ago. Not four years ago. When was yeah? Weed was legalized like that. Long oh, ago. you're right. You, actually, you might be right because I'm thinking when the shop started popping up. But that took a couple uh, a year or two before you started seeing them no, on no, every shops corner. Shops have been around forever. Yeah, the Hallbox Cafe and all those. Oh yeah, cafes. those illegal ones. The shops yeah. have been around, but legal weed. Oh, I don't know. Then. So like, whatever. We'll say four years. Started popping up, and um, so I, this is like almost ten years prior to that shit. Wow. These dudes crazy. were already working at weed lounges, uh, weed sales, and, and um, like there was such a shift in my perspective hmm. where it went from being passive about it. They're being like, I got to do something. I smoke weed every day. I smoke weed in park. I smoke weed walking down the streets. And I don't want to be prosecuted. I'm not a fucking bad person. Sure. I need it for my anxiety. I need it for my energy. Like, go. if I didn't, I had weird energy output as, like, a, 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 like bro, in my 20s, it was banana. I couldn't regulate my energy. So, like, oh, in the morning, I'd be, like, a 1,000. And then, you know, oh. by 2 o'clock, I'd be a zero. Yeah, yeah. And then gotcha. it was like, oh, no, that's not good. I'm getting too tired. So, you know, you do a couple bong hits in the morning, bring it down to a 50, and you just <laughs> stay 50 the whole fucking day. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And that was better, man. Oh, that was funny. better. And uh, so when I, somebody, you know, there was a couple people that turned the mirror of re of life on me. They, they kind of turned it on me. and like, buddy, you are an everyday marijuana user. You are the people that we're fighting for. So why don't you join in? And I was like, fuck, yeah, buddy, there's videos of me doing C, you know, CTV interviews and uh, CB24 and yeah, City yeah. News at, um, <clears throat> at Young and Dundas Square. And they would, because I would be hosting it, like hosting it, bringing up the bands and bringing up the comedians and the speakers, they would think that I was one of the organizers. Sure. And I used to, like, my mom and dad would, like, be like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Why are you all over the fucking news today smoking weed? Oh, and I'd be like, nah, nah. They're going to make it legal. You know, you'd have to explain. It's not like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's shit like that. Oh, my and, and God. And my parents freak. Freak. I could only imagine. No, and you know what the funny thing is? It's not that, okay, here. So people realize why Portuguese parents are the way they are. They don't care about your health. They care about if their fucking Vovozinha is going to be watching, Tia Santarain is going to be watching. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, th what the perception. good reason. Yeah, I know. That's the fucked up part. <laughs> like, if it was like, hey, man, it's bad for your brain and blah, 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 you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. It's just a little bit of misinformation, but it's coming from a good place. But it's not. It's pure embarrassment. They just, yep. they don't want other people to look like, and, and, and you know what, man? I tried to explain my parents when I was young already, like 18, okay. 19. Yeah, yeah. If other people look at you in a negative manner right. because of something like, like uh, that I do, that doesn't talk, that doesn't say anything about you. That says more about them. That, and I used to ask them, like, have you ever judged someone because of what their kids have done? And they would instantly be like, no, that's stupid. And I'd be like, exactly. Right. So anybody who does is stupid. <laughs> and they would be like, yeah. And I'd be like, so then why do you care of their opinion? And then they instantly would just throw up their hands like, blah, blah, the community. It's me. I get angry about it right now, bro. <laughs> All right. Before we get to the worst story of the week, can we wrap this shit up? 
everyone has one of their weirdest weed pickup stories. Like back in the day when shit was illegal, what would be some of the hoops you would go through? Any weird shit happen to you? Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> we used to, I, I lived, you, so you know about the community. I lived at Lansdowne and DuPont in between Bloor and DuPont. Okay. And we used to hang out at all the schools there, St. Sebastian's, uh, St. Anthony's, these kinds of local schools growing up. I don't know why. But for some reason, kids feel comfortable hanging out in schoolyards after school's finished. There's like a safety there. I don't know what it is. True. But we used to do it. And we would smoke weed in schoolyards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we had community policing, which meant it was the same fucking six cops oh, shit. booking us all the time. Okay. Like, whatever cop was on the beat that day would always book us. And, <laughs> and they knew who we were. Like, it, it's like, it's like they were just like us, oh, the fucking pork chop kids hanging out in school again. <laughs> Like, you know, they were just like, they'd call it in like, yeah, we know what it is. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah boys, come on. We got to call again. You guys are being too loud. You guys are smoking weed. You guys got to get out of here. And it was crazy, bro. The craziest thing was that you would hear stories about, like, people going to jail for weed, blah, blah, right? blah. And, and the cops would let us smoke weed mm-hmm. because they knew that that's what we were doing. We weren't hiding it from them. They weren't... Uh, giving a shit for it it's like we know what you're doing yeah we know that you kids aren't selling crack we know that you're not we're, we're not they, they weren't trying to force us into fu- more fucked up like situations you know sure they just let us live our lives and whenever they got the call to come get us they would come get us let us know that somebody had called and and it's true it's true <laughs> now that i'm an adult if kids are playing basketball nobody's gonna give them shit you have to call and be like hey there's loud kids it's after yep. hours come get them exactly. you know what i'm saying yeah so somebody, we always used to think like, nah, nobody's calling. They're making that up. But nah, somebody was calling. Somebody was always, it was the same people. And for some reason, we never learned our lesson. We would just go back the next day and hang out again. And uh, that that kind of like not not getting in trouble, growing up in the hood, like these kinds of things, man, these were the trippy things that I remember, you know? No, most definitely. Because again, I could contest because it was the same thing. How many times am I smoking out of park? cop would come by and they would see us and they'd be like, oh, this guy's doing, oh, just make sure you don't do it. Or they would take it and be like, don't do it again or whatever. It all depends on what type of cop it was, right? Bro, um, community policing. Race. What was the question you asked? Because I drifted off. <laughs> the weirdest thing to happen to you when picking up. Oh, yeah. It was Yeah, it was the cops not giving a shit for weed when you would hear these horror stories from other people. And, and especially when the internet came out, there was so much fear-based, like, policing on weed like kids just getting fucked up for weed mm. and, and there was so much like you know yeah misinformation bro overdosing on weed that was <laughs> the thing that we actually used to think of like all the fucking That's time funny. like because some idiot had a one bad buzz where they puked or they freaked out right everybody else thought that they were gonna overdose but i remember not smoking oh too much weed so i wouldn't overdose until i was like 17 18 <laughs> that's hilarious oh my well that's one thing thank god i always knew you could never overdose so to me i was never worried <laughs> i was worried until my like late teens bro <laughs> what? that's hilarious uh, something about not wanting to die on weed scared me until i was old enough to realize that it was like you know not possible man <laughs> all right ready for the word story my friend yeah i'm down Okay, so most of us have either been fired or quit from a job, I would assume, once or twice in our lives, right? I I would assume at least. I I got fired a couple times. Is is it actual a funny story? Am I firing? Yes, or is it just because you're a shithead? I used to work in Kensington Market like every good pork chop teenager. And I worked in Kensington at European Meats, and I worked (laughs) there three times. And the first time I, I left okay. uh, under my own free will because I wanted to go get a better job. Two months later, didn't get a better job. <laughs> came back to European Meats. Then I get fired about like five or six months later. Okay. I get fired. And when they're firing me, I'm like, I'm never fucking coming back. <laughs> this job fucking sucks. Sure. And then like two months later, again, I, I didn't like any of the jobs I worked for. So I call my old manager. I'm like, hey, listen, man, I'm working at this fucking job. It sucks. I'll come back. And I come back to like, yeah. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell my job. That I was gonna quit, so I, I I didn't go in for my first shift ever on the third time. <laughs> and when I didn't go in, <laughs> I just wrote to my old manager on my old Motorola phone. Oh, I can still see it in my head. I'm sorry. I fucking hate you guys. I fucked up. I shouldn't have called. <laughs> like it was like a bad relationship. Oh my like, god! I, was, I shouldn't have called. I was drunk. I just wanted <laughs> to <call. laughs> Oh my god! That's like, funny. Hey, 
Dude, I never forget. And then just, man, like, I think her name was Lucy. I think she blocked my number. Like, what a piece of shit. We gave this guy a chance for the third time. And on the third time, he fucked us the hardest. Like, yeah, I didn't just show up for, didn't show up for my first shift the third time. Like, Oh, so that's too funny. Well, I don't know if that uh, lined up with what this week's story has, but pretty close. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay, so this week's story comes from the UK, where a woman was fired from a hospital. So she was a nurse. She was let go because apparently she was mentally unfit to work and she refused to go get help. So the fired woman claimed that the hospital was trying to possess her with low frequency sound waves. Still with me there? (laughs) It would be really funny if somebody was pranking this lady. Like, because you and I have had jobs where, you know, there's assholes who work there. Like, imagine this lady, like, said this to one of her co-workers and was like, you know, mate, fucking think one of the hospital, they're trying to fuck me up on the low frequencies. And they're like, yeah. And then you just look up something like 60 hertz frequency right. and you put it on your cell phone and you just sit in the, like, break room. So the lady just hears like a... <laughs> oh, like, my God. I can hear it, mate. I fucking hear it. You know, she's just freaking out. And, like... You know, you and I know, bro, we come across this kind of stuff when you do podcasts and you work in entertainment. It means that you're you're working on a different level than most. And so your reality is different. And that lady made it through most of her life and hid that shit until it was too obvious. She couldn't hide it anymore, bro. And you know what? This pandemic is what brought it out of a lot of people. Well, Normal people thing. that I grew up with, I know. The, 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 the crazy fear that that the pandemic induced mm. it brought out the fucking nutty in them a little bit you know yeah, like they don't have course. to hide it i don't need to hide it yeah. everything i thought was true because one weird thing happened it, it, it's truly like the break for a lot of people it was it was this like there's no coming back bro Na- nasa's fake aliens control justin Trudeau's <laughs> lizard and it was over bro like the hospital wants to fuck me up with low frequencies you know like no they don't you're a fucking nut. You're not even an employee worth your 35 bucks an hour, you old twat. Get the hell out of here, you know? Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> it gets even weirder. So, like I mentioned, so she oh. she decided to sue the hospital for wrongful dismissal, okay? So, when asked why the hospital <clears throat> was doing that, in her mind, <laughs> it was because they wanted to attack her private parts and force her to fart in public areas, okay? There's more. Okay, you gotta keep it. this lady on payroll. <laughs> this bitch is on or something. This isn't a conspiracy. I never heard something this original in my life. <laughs> Steven, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas couldn't write something this good. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, it's not over yet. It's not over. <laughs> You can't, it's enough. Give me the closing line here, I can't handle this shit. So, three months prior to her being fired, this is when it all started going down, and her craziness started showing. She sent a a complaint letter to her supervisor, saying that she was in perfect health before all this sort of conspiracy started happening, and then she started suffering from headaches. And here's the kicker. So, she was farting uncontrollably in public. So it wasn't only at work. So she'd be walking down the street just farting away and she blames it all on work and that's why she got fired and that's why she she farts in public. And she also said she had other symptoms and whatever that led to being possessed by these so-called frequencies. Needless to say, obviously, the judge thought she was crazy and threw this out of court and she still remains fired. <laughs> the judge. Society, bro. Society thinks she's crazy. The judge, the judge must have heard this lady and been like, how the fuck? You get dressed in the morning is beyond me. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, let's uh, let's just pretend this didn't happen. She she's the type of person who'll be like, "Ah, oh, the judges in on it. The fucking judges in on it. He's part of the low frequencies." You know, like these people will never ever scrutinize and self reflect, bro. Well, that's the problem, right? Because she was even supposedly. They, she was going to go get tested for everything and see if she was mentally fit. And she's like, no, no, I can't because your tests are lean to one's word side and it's always going to come out as positive. So what's the point of even doing it? And it's true. They always have excuses. They always pawn it on other people. It's, well, what can you do, man? They would never. 
They would never, 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 never. There is way too much fear in acknowledging that you're the problem, not the other things. That's true. Like when you spend your whole life convincing yourself that it's other things that are the problem, and right? then somebody's like, actually, you. They're like, nah. even crazy people are like, nah. <laughs> right? Not kidding. Well, Mike, thank you for coming. Really appreciate it, my friend. Plug your shit where people can find you. Anything you want to promote, my friend, floor is all yours. All right. If Dufferin Mall and the food court sometimes. Oh, my God. I sit uh, near the New York Fries. I like how the sun hits it over there. Uh, <laughs> if funny. you're looking to see me do comedy, if you stand on Lansdowne in Queens, sometimes I come out of the chicken store there. I'm pretty funny. <laughs> if you stand on the corner for long enough I'm pretty funny there but if you want to see me online just go to my social media you can find me at Rita the Human on most platforms add me on Facebook <laughs> you'll, you'll be added to the queue and I'll add you in four years as a person and uh, <laughs> and uh, and honestly man I, if you made it this long in a podcast because I never I, I'm out halfway in most podcasts I usually listen to them on That's my funny. way to something, sure. and I never, I never time it out correctly, and then I never go back. I'm like, I already listened to it. They were talking about uh, aliens or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, if you if you listen to this podcast, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being interested in what I said. Give me a follow on Instagram. That's the one that I'm most active on. And uh, yo, thanks to the podcast for having me on. And uh, Steve, yo, whatever, whatever, OGs. Listen to this. Thank you so much, man. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finga Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. And please, most importantly, the single thing everyone should be doing all the time, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. One last thing before I let you go, my friend. You mentioned it. Conspiracy theories. You even mentioned conspiracy theories in your act. What's your favorite all-time conspiracy theory? <laughs> yeah, I like that Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing. Okay. That's okay. a good one. That's fair. You ever hear that one? Yeah. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like the idea of that. I like like I, I like if there's any of them that I want to be true, it would be Stanley Kubrick. I like the idea of like just like like uh, action. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> it's so funny it's just the guy like you know it, it, it's all very funny to me and um and uh, that, that that one's probably my favorite like you know like it, it, the, the other ones are too weird but that one's funny like the moon landing doesn't hurt anybody it's all about american pride that's and true. uh like that kind of shit uh, i'm about it like if the americans tricked everybody like there are millions of americans crying right the stanley kubrick action like you know what i'm saying it's, it's very funny to me man and, and it's and it's one that i could get behind i could see america lying to everybody i don't know they're fucking loopy i'm pretty <laughs> sure we did go to the moon but if we didn't i would believe it too it's cool that's awesome on that note he's mike i'm steve this is the podcast peace